Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. And as I'm going to share tonight, I think you're going to you're going to see how it is important that when we go through our lives, we go through seasons of transition, right? How many of you guys are juniors or seniors? Okay, several of you, quite a bit. Um, you're going to hit a transition in a year or two. And then you're going to come to college, and four years later, you're going to hit another transition. Then you're going to get married, and you hit another transition. Then you're going to get pregnant, and you're going to have a baby, and you're going to hit another transition, right? And, and this happens for the rest of your life. The question becomes, how do I love God more every day, every week, every month, every year, and never walk away from God? So with me working with college students, one of the things that I do is I help students from high school transition into college so that they don't walk away from their relationship with God and they love God, hopefully, more that year than they ever have before. Unfortunately, the truth is I see many college students that they'll come to the university and they'll walk away from their faith. And I've seen a few areas, when I see this, I see a few areas in their lives that they have compromised on. And so that's exactly what I want to talk about is what are the areas in our life that we compromise on? And I'm not suggesting compromise as in we're going out, we're getting drunk or compromise as in we're going out, we're having sex, we're going out, we're doing our thing, smoking weed, whatever. That's not necessarily the compromise I'm talking about. I'm talking about a compromise that happens in your heart. Because I believe compromise happens long before the moment of failure. It happens in your heart long before that. Compromise does not begin in the moment of failure. It, it happens long before that. I have a friend of mine. His name is John. And <clears throat> I met John at like, a, um, at like a conference. You guys go to conferences every once in a while? Like a camp or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shake your head if it's okay. Yeah. Good, good. You know, I'm in a white church today. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah, it's good. All right, good, good. So we go to conference. I met this guy, John, at, at a conference, right? And, and John has a beard. Uh, I had a beard. And so we just connected, you know, like, that's a cool guy right there. So we, we just connect and we start talking. And, uh, and, and John is, is a leader in his youth group. Uh, John actually leads worship. Uh, at his church. Uh, John loves God. I would suggest at the time, John is what I would call a model Christian, right? J- John is, is, uh, <laughs> John is more Christian than all of us, okay? J- John is just really loving God, all right? We just coincidentally go to the same university. I'm originally from North Louisiana where you don't eat crawfish. Anyway, so, and, and I just came down to, to Lafayette and he was right on the road and went to, to Lafayette as well, went to UL. And so we connect and we start being friends. And what begins to happen in John's life, uh, I just begin observing uh, over the course of probably a couple of years. John gets into a relationship with a girl. And over time, he becomes a little less honest about that relationship. And over time, he spends more and more time in that relationship. And then John, whew, I can't believe that. Uh, <clears throat> And then John, uh, over time, he steps down from leadership. And then um, over time, John just began 
coming into service and out of service never changed. I'll just say it like that. Come in, go out, come in, go out, come in, go out. Never changed by the power of God. Come in, go out, come in, go out. Sunday morning service, I'll be there. 9 a.m. sharp, right? Come in, go out. Never changed by the Holy Spirit. And I began seeing this in his life and finally it got to a point where I was like, man, like I, I just can't just watch this happen. Right, you ever been in a moment like that? You see something happening in someone else's life and, and you say, I, I, I've got to say something. I've got to say something. So, so I go to John and I approach him and I, and I say, John, look, man, I don't know what's going on in your life. There's been some patterns that have begun to happen. What is going on? And, and immediately he just kind of gets real defensive and pushes back. And, and I can remember that conversation and I can remember him just you know, why are you, you know, assuming anything and boom, 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 and just get real, just defensive, just on the defense. And uh, just really just kind of rebuked me, if you will. And um, sure enough, over time, John totally walks away from his relationship with God. And today, he is no longer serving Jesus. And the truth is, there were compromises he allowed in his heart that, I wish I could have said this message to him sitting in the crowd years ago. I really do. And, and I believe there are some compromise that we allow in our lives. And so that's exactly what I want to talk about is compromise hardens hearts. And, and it takes you far from God. It won't happen today. You're not going to walk out of here tonight and, and just walk away from Jesus. But if you allow compromise over time, all of a sudden you'll end up in a place you never thought you would end up at. So I want to walk through a few uh, of these compromises. The first compromise I want to talk about is the compromise of accountability. The compromise of accountability. In John's story, he got into a relationship with a girl and all of a sudden got real closed off, got real secretive, right? Okay, we're, we're, no one's, you know, dumb in here, okay? John was probably having sex with his girlfriend, all right? And, and he was not being pure. He was not walking with Jesus. That's the truth. And... And all of a sudden, he, he, he avoided accountability. And he, he avoided other people speaking into his life. A pastor named Craig Rochelle says it like this. A life of faithfulness is made up of hundreds of thousands of small decisions that compound over time that actually lead us in the right direction. Craig Crochet also says this, the decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. And so for my, my friend John, he avoided accountability in his life. And maybe there are some, a few of us here tonight that have avoided accountability in our heart. We've avoided accountability in our life. Have any of your mamas said a partial truth is still a lie? Anybody ever said that? You heard that before? Partial truth is still a lie? My mom used to tell me that. Cole, did you clean the dishes? Yeah, sure did. And I just put one of them in, you know, and I cleaned the dishes, you know, and partial truth is still a lie. And, and I think when we're not being fully honest, we are lying. Because what happens is, you know, I call this, uh, when I'm talking with a guy I know and I trust, I call this the, the 97% rule. Are, are you leaving out the worst 3% is, is what, I, what I call that. Is oftentimes when we get in conversations, we'll avoid the thing that, that, that makes us look broken. But we'll avoid the thing that, that makes us look like we're not right with God. We'll avoid that, right? 
when we're in conversations. And, and that's exactly what we ought to talk about, to be honest. And so I, I want you to be fully honest with yourself. Be fully honest with yourself. Here are a few areas that, that might apply in your life for the compromise of accountability. Just kind of think about these in your mind. Are you talking with someone about your quiet time with God? Are you talking with someone about your quiet time with God? Are you talking with someone about the sin that's in your life? Are you talking with someone about the questions that you have? God is not intimidated by, by doubt, by questions. Okay, God is not intimidated by your questions. You need to be asking good questions. That's healthy. Scripture says, I love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So you need to unload that mind because it's intended to love God. And God's created that mind to love God. And so if, if you are, are, are struggling with doubt and you're wrestling with that, I want to tell you tonight, God wants to talk with you. And you must not avoid accountability. It's a compromise that will happen in your heart. And then all of a sudden, you'll be shifted out from under God's presence over time. You know, sometimes we'll look at accountability as like a, as like a bad thing, right? Someone's just going to ask me a bunch of bad questions. Uh, part of accountability is when, when me and Brady get together and we talk about what God is doing in our life, right? And that's a good thing. I word accountability, my definition of accountability is this. Accountability is when someone helps me know Jesus more, quite simply. That's what accountability is. It's not necessarily a a time to come together and just spew all over one another. (laughs) Sometimes that's needed, but uh, accountability is encouraging one another. James chapter 5 says this about accountability. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. What does the scripture say? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. What does the scripture tell us to do? Confess to one another and pray for one another. If you're not doing that, you may be allowing the compromise of accountability in your heart. 1 John chapter 1 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. The scripture is is very clear on on accountability and and confessing to one another and praying for one another. There's another scripture also uh, that talks about restoring one another gently. And so, so anytime that, that there is, is a time where someone's sharing their life with you, their, their heart with you, there needs to be a time where it's gentle and where it's kind. The Bible also says kindness leads to repentance. It does not say harsh correction leads to repentance. And so as we talk through confession, I'm not suggesting that we, we are hard with one another. 
I am suggesting that we're honest with one another. The truth is, I confess regularly to a few guys in my life. And, and no one is exempt from this, including pastors and leaders of ministries. This is what the scripture calls all of us, how we ought to live. So the first compromise, the compromise of accountability. The second compromise I want to talk to you about is the compromise of apathy. The compromise of apathy. Now, an apathetic person uh, is someone who, I would use this word, someone who consistently does not want to walk with God. I'll be real honest with you. Sometimes you wake up with the don't wants. <laughs> All right. You woke up this morning and had the don't want. I don't want to go to school. You know what I mean? Like you get some don't wants in your life. Okay. That's life. Okay. You're going to wake up some days. You'll be like, God, I really just don't want to open my Bible. That's going to happen to you. I'll tell you the truth. Okay. So it's going to happen in your life. Okay? You don't have to have it all together. Take that pressure that maybe your parents put on you. Just take it off right now. Okay. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. Okay. So, so you're going to have the don't wants, but consistently do you have the don't wants? That's the difference. In a, over a long period of time, do you have the don't want? I don't really want to be with God. Here are a few questions to help you uh, see if this really speaks to your heart. Do you, find yourse- do you find yourself never really wanting to go to church or service? Never. Oh, I just don't really want to go tonight. Oh, I just don't want to go this morning. Consistently. Do you find yourself not wanting to pray or read your Bible? Do you find yourself rolling your eyes on the inside when people talk about God? I have found apathetic people get offended when others are authentic in their faith. And apathetic people don't really want to do that. They're challenged by the idea that someone can genuinely love Jesus and genuinely want to pray for someone in the middle of Walmart. It rubs them the wrong way because they're a little apathetic. I tell you a, a story, a true story. I'm talking to a pastor friend of mine, a pastor, okay? I'm talking to a pastor friend of mine, and uh, I'm telling about a, a walk I, I go on with my family. And we're walking, and this guy comes down to his mailbox. And um, comes out to his mailbox, and, and we're walking. I go, hey, how's it going, man? Blah, blah, blah. He stops, and he interacts with me. And if you're going to interact with me, I like to talk, all right? So I'll just stop real quick, and we'll just we'll hang out for a little bit, all right? And so, so he stops. He's chatting with me. I'm chatting with him. And how's it going? And he just mentioned just real nonchalantly, ah, okay. I'm okay. We're good. And he moves on. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Why did you say you're okay? What's going on? What's going on? Well, you know, my wife's having surgery tomorrow night, and, and I mean, tomorrow morning, and, and it's really just put a lot of stress on us. And uh, just things that work a little rocky, and I, it's just, I'm just nervous, okay? Now, he's not going to tell me the whole story. His wife's having surgery tomorrow morning. Probably means he's worried about finances, which is why he suggested that his job's a little rocky because he really needs it, and he's really nervous that God's really not his provider, okay? So if you listen well, right? And so I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this guy's heavy right now. This guy's heavy. So if he's a share that with a stranger, he's probably pretty heavy. So, so I go, okay, hey, man, look, listen, you go to church somewhere? He's like, ah, not really, man. I've, you know, went here, went there a couple of times. Not really. I said, this is going to sound really weird to you, man. Can I just really pray for you? Because the God I serve is a provider, and the God I serve is a healer, and I believe he wants to touch you and your family. He just kind of looks at me. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, boom, we stop, and I pray for him, right? Now, if you were with me, I want to ask you a simple question. Would that have just kind of made you feel weird? Because if it would have, man, is there some apathy in your heart? 
Because that didn't go, man, I want to do that. Then come on, you got to shake some apathy off of you. You know what I mean? If you're, not, if you're not sitting in the hallway at 7.30 in the morning before class starts and someone's sitting right next to you and you're not moved every once in a while, I'm not suggesting you go around, hey, how are you doing? You want to talk about Jesus today? Hey, how are you, right? I'm not suggesting that, right? But, but what I am suggesting is you're sitting there and you're not moved every once in a while to go, hey, how are you? I'm good. No, 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 I didn't ask the normal, you know, you know I'm glad you're here this morning. No, I'm asking how really are you doing in your life? If you, if you never are moved for someone else, you might be apathetic. The scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, what Jesus is saying there, he's saying, if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, it's like the first one. You probably don't really love me. And so what I'm suggesting, if you're not moved for someone else, tonight, I want to shake some apathy off of you. All right? And, and I want you to feel moved. I want you to feel the Holy Spirit touch you tonight in your heart. When you walk out this place, get in your car, mom picks you up, I don't care what happens, right? I want you deep down moved and apathy broken off your life. I grew up in church. Most of you did as well. And, and the greatest danger to the soul is what I would call a calming peace, right? Apathy sometimes will clothe itself in peace, and you'll feel good, and you'll feel like everything's going all right. I believe this is a real prophetic word for somebody. And, and you'll feel like everything's going all right, but you're not right with God. And you need the apathy broken off of you. And so don't, be, don't fall a trap to what I would call a, a lazy peace, right? Let apathy be broken off your life. You don't have to live life just another week, another week, another week, another week, another week. Romans 12, verse 11 says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That word zeal means passion. Never be lacking passion. Never be lacking passion. Some of you may have been told before, never uh, from, uh, oftentimes it comes from someone that's a little older, will come to you and say, never lose your passion, young man. Never lose your passion, young woman. The truth is you never ought to lose your passion, no matter how old you are, you know? I gave my life to Jesus 12 years ago. Technically didn't grow up in church, but I gave my life to Christ young enough where I basically did. But, and and the, the truth is I really just authentically mean I am fired up today to serve Jesus. And, and, and I want you in 12 years from now to be fired up, never lacking passion, serving the Lord. Break the compromise of apathy off your heart. Again, I just want to reiterate this. I'm not saying you don't wake up someday and you just don't want to do something. Okay, that's going to happen, all right? But does that happen every day, every week, consistently? So what happens is what apathy does in our life, is it robs us of walking in the joy of the Lord. All of a sudden, we're going through the motions, and we're not really excited about God or the things of God. It also robs us of expecting our lives to be transformed on a continual basis. I love when Brady, uh, when, when Pastor Brady uh, shared, hey, are you willing to receive tonight, just right off the bat? What, one to ten, what would you put your number at? Are you willing to, to be receptive to what God wants to do in your life? I'm back there answering the question, right? And I hope you are too, because are, are you willing to be transformed every week, every day? 
Apathy also tells us there's no need to repent. And, and repentance is, is ongoing. Repentance, for me, happens regularly. Right? I sin, I fall short of the glory of God, and I repent. Apathy tells you, you don't really need to do that often. Because you, you aren't moved, you aren't feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So somewhere we got the compromise of accountability and, and the compromise of apathy. And the third one is this, the compromise of absence. And when I say that, I'm not referring to your attendance in church. What I'm referring to is your absence and your service to the kingdom of God. You know, I, I think there are far too many disi- authentic disciples of Jesus who would consider their service to God maybe opening that door on a Sunday morning. And that's their definition of their service to God. And listen to me, we need people opening doors. That's honorable. You're serving others. That's honorable. We need that to happen. But your service to the kingdom of God is not that. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 says this, because we loved you so much, we were not only delighted to share the gospel of God with you, but our lives as well. What's the writer Paul saying? He's saying, I entrusted the gospel with you and my life with you as well. Why? Because I loved you so much. This is what you're called to do as a believer. We, we must move beyond. I love that you guys do life groups. This is perfect for it. We must move beyond inviting and into including into our life. We are not running a program, right? This is not a program, right? This is not an event that we do every week. This is your life, and you invite people into it, and you minister to them through the love that you have for them. The compromise of absence. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be an effective witness. The Bible literally is clearly saying that. And what happens sometimes is I think we'll come, we'll have an encouraging word, we'll, 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 you know, we'll have a time with God, and we get prayer. Something happens in your life on a night like this. And I think oftentimes what happens is if you don't walk out that door and use what God has done in you, I believe you're wasting a gift called the Holy Spirit that's in your life. And, 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 and <laughs> it's rude to reject a gift, right? It's rude to reject that gift. And I believe sometimes we're not careful. We'll do that without even realizing it, right? So this is why I suggest it's a compromise of the heart. Most people don't really consciously think I'm not doing anything for God, right? But they'll allow compromise. They'll allow their service for the kingdom of God to be, I sat in my chair this week at church. That is not your service to the kingdom of God. You know, some people say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm not, you know... I can't preach like Brady, and I can't sing, and I can't, I wish you, what you want me to do, you know? I was 13 years old, I'm not even kidding you, in a night just like this, about this many people in the room, I'm sitting in a chair about right there, and I give my life to Jesus, true story. Literally, just a night like this, in a church just like this, and, and my life was radically changed. Okay, I can come up. I remember coming up to the front, being the only one up the front, and just weeping before God, not even knowing why I'm crying. Didn't grow up in church. Just had an encounter with God, and not exaggerating, my life changed. And so, what I began doing is literally, someone told me, start in the New Testament. 
Okay, table of contents. What is the New Testament, right? Like Matthew, page, you know, whatever, 500 or something. Okay, great. Go, Where's 500? Okay, Matthew 1. And then, <laughs> true story. I'm reading, and this person is the son of this, son of this. That is boring. Skip that, you know? And if you ever Matthew chapter 1, you know what I'm talking about, right? And that's boring. Skip that. Where's the good stuff, you know? And uh, just move on. True story. I'm just like, just brand new to Jesus. Know nothing. Other than somebody told me to read the Bible. Okay, great. So I'm reading, and then all of a sudden I'm reading it, and it's as if God, of the, the creator of all, is speaking to me in my room. So it was my, it just changed my life. So I go into school, seventh grader, go into school. Maybe it's my eighth grade year by this point. I go into school, and I'm reading my Bible before class. I just love it, okay? I'm just like, God, can you speak to me here too, you know? Yeah. I'm just loving it, right? No, nothing. No, 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 nothing. Don't even know who David is, okay? No, nothing, okay? Trust me, no, nothing. I'm sitting there, true story, got a guy behind me who's an atheist, and I remember him picking on me and saying, uh, man, you're reading that Bible? Like, yeah, man. And uh, he says, man, do you really believe Jesus existed? And at the time, knew nothing, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I do believe that, you know, okay, I guess I do. And, and nowadays, I recognize Jesus of Nazareth as a historical person, a pretty simple answer, right? But didn't know anything then, okay? Didn't know anything then, right? And so I'm just reading my Bible. <laughs> this guy next to me named Dylan. Any Dylan here by chance? Any Dylan? No, okay. And the guy next to me named Dylan, right? Reading my Bible. I'm telling you, God changed my life. You don't understand, okay? You ain't, you ain't experienced what I experienced, okay? And, and I'm just like, just reading, and I look over to Dylan, I go, Dylan, yeah, oh, uh, okay, I just got his attention now, what do I do, right? I'm just like, um, you ever read the Bible before? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, no, I don't think I actually have. You want to? <laughs> True story. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to buy you one. Uh, okay, all right. Sure enough, boom, finished class starts, put my, put my Bible away, right? Social studies, I think is what it was, right? History or something. And <laughs> that weekend, I go to church, pastor, pastor, I need a Bible. Okay, buddy, come on, you know, give me a Bible. I go back to school on Monday. Right, Dylan, look, look, man, I got you a Bible. All right, all right, he takes it, he takes it. And then over the next couple of days, I come into class, and Dylan's there before me, and he has his Bible open, and he has it in Genesis. <laughs> i never forget Hey, I don't know why. Some guy told me not to start there. Start, start in Matthew chapter one. <laughs> He's like, okay, sounds good, you know? And this guy's on church too, knows nothing, okay? And, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm telling you, you read that thing, God will speak to you. I'm just letting you know, all right? And, and I'm just like, just trust me, okay? And uh, a couple of days later, goes by, goes by. Consistently, I start walking into class before school starts, before the bell rings. And what's Dylan doing? All of a sudden in Matthew 9, Matthew 10. A week later, Dylan and his family moved out. Gone. Never seen Dylan a day in my life before. The Holy Spirit used me to touch Dylan's life. And I believe the word of God was implanted into his soul, and he'll never, ever escape the draw of the Holy Spirit. You don't know what to do? You're in good company because God has chosen you to use. And it's exactly the reason he wants to use you because you think you don't know how to do it. That is exactly why God wants to use you. I'm telling you, God uses people who have no clue what they're doing. Look at the 12 disciples and study their lives. Peter owned a fishing business. 
had no formal education, no training, no seminars, no webinars, no class on Friday afternoon, just went and followed this man named Jesus of Nazareth. And so much so, didn't know what he's doing. He denied Jesus three times, and then a few days later, leads the whole church. That's crazy, okay? That's just crazy, all right? And I'm telling you, God wants to use you. Don't compromise an absence of of service. God wants to use you. Here are a few questions to ask yourself if you've been serving the kingdom of God. Have you been part of leading someone to Christ? I know way too many disciples of Jesus who would answer that question, no. Have you laid your hands on someone and prayed for them lately? Have you showed someone else a scripture that you read recently? This ought to be normal. Go back to my story about me walking in my neighborhood at the mailbox, right? Tell my pastor friend this. And he's, he's like, man, you don't think that guy was weirded out? Like, what you talking about, man? He's got the good news now, right? Didn't have it before, and now he's got it, right? Man, I sometimes just... But listen, sometimes like we just swing and miss sometimes, right? No, God wants to use you. The scripture actually says in Ephesians that my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. It's actually not technically my job for the work of the ministry, but I'm also a brother in Christ, so I do the work of the ministry, right? It's your job, and God wants to use you. If I could have the lady with the keyboard come on up and play for me, thank you. God wants to use you, and for every John, I started off with, with John, right? If you remember, Guy who I met at a, at a conference turns his back on God in college. For every John, I know many more Bradys, and I know many more Aarons, and I know many more godly men and godly women who did not allow compromise in their life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we move into a time of prayer? Maybe you're here tonight. And you would say, Cole, I'm not sure if I'm right with God. Maybe you grew up in church. You've heard this salvation call a thousand times. But the truth is, tonight you know the Holy Spirit's drawing you. He's wooing you. The presence of God is here. And you say, Cole, I'm really not right with God. In just a moment, I don't want you to slip your hand up. And all I want to do is pray for you. The scripture says that if we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts, then we are saved. What's interesting to me is the Bible says if we confess Jesus as Lord, it's another word for master. In other words, it's Jesus master or Lord over all of your life. And if you've only given him Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, he's not Jesus as Lord of your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And I want to invite you into a deep, meaningful relationship with God. And if that's you, we just slip your hand up real quick so I can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You would say, you know what? I'm really not right with God. I know I'm not right with God. I can feel the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. What I want us to do is I want us to do exactly what Scripture says if we confess with our mouths. So I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. I want everyone 
here to pray this out loud in kind of partnership and support of those that are joining the family of God or those that are maybe just kind of repenting and saying, you know what, I need to get back under Christ. So with everyone, pray this out loud with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, I confess my sins to you. I ask, will you forgive me? Will you come into my heart? Will you come into my life and change me? Jesus, I want you to be Lord. I want you to be master over every area of my life. Help me to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can, you can look at me. Hey, if, you, if you made that decision, I just want you to understand the importance of that decision to truly follow Jesus. It's, it's not just uh, as another time where we just do another thing that we do every week. No, it is God moving in your heart. Acknowledge it. Don't run away from it. Press into it. And don't be surprised in a few days, all of a sudden you start doubting that you raised your hand. And when I do that, when you do that, you then walk back to Jesus. Because it doesn't get easier. It gets more difficult when you walk with Jesus. Here's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to do something a little different. Maybe you guys do it all the time. I don't know. Okay, but a little different to me. Here's what I'd like us to do. Any way to possibly kick these lights up. Sorry. Sorry, Brady. Um, here's what I want us to do. I want you to break the compromise of accountability off your life. I want you to break the compromise of apathy off your life. And I want you to break the compromise of absence off your life. And I'm going to help you to do that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in groups of two or three. No more. Two or three. Guys with guys, girls with girls. Get with someone you trust. Get with someone you trust. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to look at one another in the eyes. It's going to be difficult. So you look at one another in the eyes. And you're going to confess to one another. You're going to open your mouth. And you're going to say, I'm struggling with this. And then after you do that, that's crazy to some of you. After you do that, what you're going to do is you're going to look at one another in the eyes. And you're going to lay hands on one another. You're going to pray for one another. What happens, all of a sudden, we introduced accountability. We broke some apathy off your life because you looked at one another in the eyes. We're going to introduce you to service, to the kingdom of God. Because you're going to lay hands on one another. You're going to pray for one another. This is not the moment for pride or too cool for school. Okay, Jesus is way cooler than you. All right, so listen, get together in groups of two or three. I want you to talk with one another. Last thing, actually, there's a scripture in Matthew chapter five. This is this is for someone. The scripture I think it's in Matthew chapter five. Don't quote me. That where, where Jesus is saying, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you feel like, "Cole, I don't know how to pray for someone that's perfect," because blessed are you, because you're poor in spirit. In other words, you're bad at being spiritual, and that's good because Jesus came for you, and yours is the kingdom of heaven. Not a guy that's got it all together. Yours is the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus wants you to confess, lay your hands on one another and pray for one another. So you can go ahead and move. Get in groups of two or three and just chat with one another. You can get up and move. Go wherever you need to. If you need to go up here, that's great. You need to go in the back, that's great. Your seat's not holy. It's okay, all right? Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.